Each year when I was in seminary at Kenrick Glennon, we had in the month of February a weekend that was devoted to 40 hours of Eucharistic adoration, 40 hours devotion. Uh, it was a weekend of perpetual Eucharistic adoration, Eucharistic services and processions. It was a really a beautiful time. It was a weekend that all of us looked forward to each year, but it would also lead uh, to some rather humorous situations. Again, we had perpetual adoration throughout the weekend. And seminarians, and I have to include myself in this at least a few times, would sometimes try to almost one-up each other and sign up for like the most inopportune hour to pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, we, and we would almost take pride in it, like, oh, I'm doing a holy hour from 2 to 3 a.m. What are you doing with your life? 8 a.m., that's nothing. I do that every day. We would try to one-up each other almost. It was kind of like Catholic brinkmanship a little bit. We, we, we loved the idea of sort of this arms race, trying to outpray each other during the night. Uh, these conspicuous demonstrations of our supposed uh, superiority to one another. And again, it, it was humorous at least, um, and seminarians can be like that at times. Um, but I have to think, looking back on that, that's part of my heart, at least in that moment, wasn't in the best place. It was, it was as if we were trying to prove to others and prove to God how devoted we were to him, as if we sort of had to earn it, that we had to do these great actions and one-up one another in order to show how faithful that we are. And if we aren't careful, brothers and sisters, our second reading from the book of James today can sort of sound like this. This reading that is rather famous, at least in Catholic theology, touches on the relationship between our faith and our works. And again, that is certainly one of the ways, at least, that this reading has been interpreted over the centuries. Some people have read this reading uh, with, with that idea of brinkmanship a little bit, of trying to one-up that we have to prove our faith by our works. We have to prove to God how faithful we are to him by demonstrating it outwardly, even if it's rather conspicuous. We have to do these works in order to feel that we are loved by God. Whereas on the other side of the spectrum... It was actually Martin Luther who saw this passage and was repulsed by the idea that, uh, of works being important. So he taught that we didn't need works, that we're saved by faith alone. So where is the proper way to interpret this passage? We shouldn't encourage Catholic brinkmanship or an arms race. But we must remember, brothers and sisters, that our good works matter. When St. James tells us we ought to show the faith that underlies our works, he means to tell us that our faith should be visible to others. Real, genuine faith makes itself known out of genuine love for God rather than, than brinkmanship, not out of feeling that we need to prove anything to anyone. This is sometimes referred to as faith working through love. Faith working through love. Faith that is animated. Faith that is made real by works of charity. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, body, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. St. James is not encouraging a contest of wills of who can work harder for our salvation. He is encouraging a harmony between our faith and our conduct. 
that those things should have a harmony, that there should be a coherence between those two, a faith that extends itself into our daily lives and daily actions. But brothers and sisters, I think this reading from James and even our gospel go together. Because Jesus is trying to tell his disciples not to exhibit brinkmanship, brinksmanship, but to tell them that their faith can grow, ironically, through suffering. Again, we often think of faith as, what, what must I do? What do I have to prove to someone in order to show how, how devoted I am? But really, God provides that opportunity each time that you and I encounter the cross. Faith has the potential to grow more through suffering than in any other time in our lives. If anything, that's how Jesus proves himself to us. He proved it on the cross by suffering for us and dying for us. Our sufferings, therefore, brothers and sisters, and our encounters with the cross are an opportunity for us to demonstrate our faith in a way that is far more effective than trying to outdo anybody else. Jesus tells Peter, and he tells us today, that real grace comes through the cross, not by public demonstrations of superiority. If anything, it's faith working through suffering that Jesus wants to get across to his disciples. A faith that shows itself maybe in a time of sickness. A faith that still perseveres even if a relationship is strained. It's a faith that loves someone even when it's difficult to love them. And a faith that still calls out to God even if he seems absent from our sufferings. These are often deeds that occur outside the limelight. We won't see our names on a bulletin board or be commended in front of others as an act to follow. Because it's certainly not easy to call on God in the midst of suffering. But Jesus shows us that it can be done. And that if we follow him, we will have the same reward with him. We will be beside him on the cross and at his side at his agony. But we will also be with him at the empty tomb as well. If we want our faith to be demonstrated, brothers and sisters, if we want it to be put into action as St. James exhorts us to do, then we must do it by suffering well when we encounter the cross. It's the opportunity to show our faith to others in a way that St. James preaches about. That's when Jesus' love was most on display for us, most visible and demonstrated most plainly. And we are called to do the same when suffering comes our way or when the cross is presented to us. So today, brothers and sisters, may we seek to demonstrate our faith, not necessarily by one-upping one another or engaging in brinksmanship, but a faith that works through love and a faith that even works through suffering. And may Jesus be our guide to suffer well, he who demonstrated his love so well for us in the cross, so that when the cross comes our way, we may suffer with Jesus and grow in conformity to him.